Ashley, I am very grateful to be able to talk to you about the services that you provide to your wellness practitioners. Um, if they're like any other wellness practitioner I've met, the business part, while the lifeblood of their business and their growth and success is so challenging because they love what they do. <laughs> and so they need you to help them build their business. And I think the topic that we're going to talk about today is so vital. And that is, who is my ideal client? And if you're just starting out, you will likely say everyone, anyone and everyone, which makes sense on the surface, but it isn't the best answer. And I would like you to address that. How would you reply to a client after you said, well, who's your ideal client? And they say, anyone. I'd say, I get it. <laughs> I get it. It's scary. It really is. Especially when you're, when you're first starting out or when you're hitting any slump in your business, even if you're established, we get to a place sometimes where we say, I need cash rolling in. I, I think I'd be willing to serve anyone right now. Um, and then I'll define it later. I hear that a lot. Or I, what I hear also is um, we start with every single client. One of the first things I ask, whether we're doing logo design, web design, um, designing just an ad, if we're doing video work with them, if we're doing anything in their business, we start with, have you determined who your ideal patient or client avatar is? And I either hear no, or I hear, yeah, I did that exercise. I have it in a drawer somewhere, or it's, you know, not, not necessarily front and center. Occasionally we have people who are honed in, they're really clear and they use it and they get it, which is fantastic. But more often than not, it's not quite as in front of them as they, they need it to be. Because to your point, all business owners, particularly wellness business owners, are really good at working what they do, helping people. When they're working in their business, they thrive. It's the working on part that is a super challenge because you don't go to whatever it is, med school or, you know, a coaching institute and get an MBA at the same time. And so putting those pieces into play, it pulls you away from working in your business. And when we have time on our hands, we can get in the weeds, we can get into checking email and doing all the things. So starting with that patient avatar exercise or client avatar exercise and having that in front of you, like taped to your desk daily in front of you is a game changer for attracting your ideal clients. So when you laser focus in on what you want, you go there, right? So if I've got in front of me, this person is exactly who I should fill my, my business with in front of me, I'm more likely to attract that. And when we're working really hard with people that are um, needing our services, meaning like I'm working with a wellness client and they're suffering from XYZ and I'm working with them successfully or not, sometimes those things that keep us up at night are the things that we're not quite solving yet. Because when we work with successful clients, we know that we're going to do that. We're used to providing good results. So it's the things that are in that, like, hmm, how am I going to do this differently? What am I going to change? How am I going to improve this person's performance in whatever area it is that we start focusing on? And the problem with that is you attract what you're focused on. So when we bring our working on our business mind to 
Who do I serve really well? Who is going to keep me in track on focus? That type of thing. That's who ends up flooding to our practice because we become very clear and speaking to their pains and we, and their needs. I I'm trying to put myself in the position of your client. So I'm the wellness practitioner and I have that desperation, but I hear you and I say, okay, I need to focus on this, but my, my resistance might come in and say, but there's all these other people who have money and maybe I can just try to please everyone. Sure. What do you see as the danger, maybe kind of a strong word, but if you're trying to, if you're losing your business, it is dangerous. So what is, what's the problem with that thinking? Yeah. So when you're speaking to everyone, you're speaking to no one because the the message is so broad that it can't be heard. If I say, well, I help sick people get well, or I, you know, I help people attain their fitness goals. Then people go, oh, I get it. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. But if you say I help women who are between 40 and 60 years old, who are starting to feel like their body's failing them, they, their joints hurt. They're not sleeping at night. They have headaches, they feel stressed out, they feel like they're mentally slipping. We figure out exactly what's underneath that and we get them past those barriers so that they can live the healthy, full life that they want. If you fall into that range, you go, I want that. Like I get it and I want it. Yes. So the more targeted we are, the more likely people are to say, I want that, I need that because we're speaking to their particular pains. Now, does that mean that you can't serve when you have great results with her, her husband or her children or her aging parents? Absolutely not. But you're always talking to her in your marketing when you're talking to her. So for example, I was working with a client recently. She works really well with young children with ADHD and autism specifically. She works with that age group, 30 to 60 women know that they have trouble with their gut health and they're suffering the effects of everything that comes with that. And she also works with people with Alzheimer's and dementia. Talk about really wide and very niche specific targets, right? Right. So when you're building a website that's trying to talk about, Hey, we serve people with dementia and Hey, we serve people that have, you know, children that have ADHD and We also do gut health. You can be so all over the place that people don't understand what that means. So it takes working with somebody and really honing in to say, who's making those decisions? Where do they, how are they going to find you to drive down to who is that ideal client or patient avatar that you need to be working with? And in her case, it became really clear to us, you're targeting that woman that comes to you for the gut health, that buy services for her children, of course, or her aging parents, of course. Okay. And so her marketing still stays and all of her language stays in talking about those services. And sometimes we just have several avatars in our business. We have a market here, we have a market here, and we have a market there. My business is a good example. We serve, uh, practitioners that are DCs, DOs, MDs, all sorts of doctors from around the country. And they serve patients. We serve health coaches. We serve gyms. We serve uh, home health agencies, anything that kind of falls in massage therapists, anything that falls in that realm of healing, right? And they 
typically in those categories, they serve clients, right? So even something as tricky as that little language flip, sometimes you can, you can keep concepts similar and speak to both. And other times you just need to say, I need to break these off. And when I'm talking to this group, this is my language. And when I'm talking to this one, this is my language. Because the pains that those customers are experiencing might be very different. When we talk about marketing, I remember I started out in my 20s and, and for many years working with people with disabilities and people with acquired and congenital head injury and uh, all the things in that arena. And we, so it was social service. And I was at a conference and in social service, you're super used to really trying to not box people and let's don't label people and let's not have things be so drilled down. And I get super confronted, right? Because this conference keynote speaker is talking about generational marketing. So how do we box people in the biggest way possible to say, who is this person? Where do they shop? How do we name them? What is their age? What are they buying? What are they reading? What are their pains? What are their fears? And we're going to call her Mary. That thinking felt confronting and scary mm, and sleazy yeah. and salesy and all the things that you're just like, oh, I don't know if that's the right thing to do. But the more you stay in the conversation and the more you see how that translates into clarity for people and what they're experiencing, the more it makes sense. Yes. So when you're speaking to that stay at home mom, who's really struggling because of X, Y, Z, it doesn't mean that that doesn't apply to a stay-at-home dad as well, but because we have so many more moms that end up in that role sometimes, those dads are already used to kind of making that flip in their head. And so sometimes staying in that language, unless you're doing a particular campaign to target them, makes sense. And as you describe the need to focus on whatever your client is focusing on, there's also this sense of dignity that you are affording them the dignity that I am thinking, this is how I understand it anyway, I'm thinking about your need, not what I'm selling. So even though I totally get that feeling of, oh, I'm being all smarmy and, and salesy, it won't be received that way if you are genuinely trying to serve them, which is what you describe, you're serving their need, whatever that is. So that exactly. makes perfect sense. And when you do that exercise, when you drill down to who they are, they feel seen, they feel heard, and they choose you because they, they, you get them. You get them. For them, it's all about them. Right. No one walks into a doctor's office and says, you know, I've been thinking about this and I'd really like an upper GI and a lower GI. And while I'm here, you know, if you want to run a blood panel for, they come in and say, my stomach is hurting. I have headaches. I can't concentrate. I don't feel good. What can you do for me? No right. one walks into a gym and says, you know, I'm thinking I should do 27 reps of a, you know, back squat. And then they say, I don't know if I can do this. I'm scared. I don't know if I'm going to fit in here. They've got all those fears behind there, whether or not they're saying them out loud. And when we speak to what might be going on for you at the get-go, we're automatically taking some of those things out. Hmm. Customers don't, and patients and clients don't buy services that are that are in front of them or that you know have the loudest voice they buy or that are the best they buy the ones they can understand yes yeah what a good analogy i mean i imagine myself going into say a gym and if that 
personal trainer felt like, well, I need to appeal to everyone. And I told him, well, I wanted to lose weight. And he's like, well, I, I helped that guy over there at a competition, you know, a weightlifting competition. Well, good. <laughs> That's not my problem. Yeah, <laughs> You're right. not hearing me. Yeah. So yeah, it seems like right. it would take a real shift in our, our as business owners, in our perception yeah. of, of what we're doing, of really what we're offering. Yes, so exactly. to do that, to do that, they would have to have a conversation with somebody who can have the clarity and kind of the bird's eye view and say, this is the big picture. That's what I would imagine, because sometimes we're so good at what we do that we're just focused on what we do and we don't realize we need to be able to verbalize this and communicate this in a way that is received. So yeah. that's where working with you is such an important first step. So they would contact you. Would they, would they call you, email you? What's the best way to get in touch with you so that they can determine who their best client is, who their ideal client is? Yeah. So any of our services that you're working with them, we start there. That's going to be a part of the conversation. And okay. most people sign up. We have a um, book online link where you click, you choose what's right for you in terms of time frame and duration and everything else. And we start out a conversation then we can give you the tools to flesh that out yourself. You can come up with your own um, ideal patient avatars. We have a blog on our website that we can even share a link to that starts that process for you. Having a conversation afterwards is always really powerful because if you are the person that is working in your business as a business owner, it's very, very difficult to see it from an outside perspective. I get paid to do this for other people all the time. And it took me all year for us to come together as a team and say, all right, let's do it for us as our business, because it's so much harder. And you, I outsource, I say for my business, read this, is this clear? Do you understand what we offer? Do you know? And we have to retweak because we think we're experts in clarity and we're, we're not. You can't see when you're in your own business it, from the outside perspective. It's a really valuable service that you offer. And we'll make sure, of course, that all the contact information is included with this video.